We play and call it work. What is going on, everyone? Vito here from MiniWarGaming.com, and I've got... Phil, the Glacial Geek. What's going on, everyone? This is the show, Sit and Talk, where you get to ask me, Vito, mm -hmm. essentially any question that your heart desires. Uh, you can ask me essentially anything. It could be about my personal life. It can be about religion. It can be about almost anything. But it's going to be... Sorry? Favorite food. Favorite food, sure. Why not? Uh, but it's going to be up to me if I choose to answer it. <laughs> if it's about nerdy culture, I love it even yes. more. But generally, it devolves into wargaming and the such. Uh, for today's show, we are going to be giving away this sweet box of neophyte hybrids. I actually thought it said neophyte birds. Ne neophyte like, birds? what are neophyte birds? Brand new unit. Fly and uh, can assault. Yeah, that'd be great. AP minus four. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, as always, folks, <coughs> I'm going to open up the chat. If you'd like to leave a question, you have to leave the command exclamation mark ask and then your question. Um, you can leave one question at a time. I will then uh, clear your, or I'll answer your question. I'll then clear it, and then you can um, ask even more questions to your heart's content. It just stops you from kind of leaving, uh, spamming the um, the queue. Uh, for next week, I believe it's Steve. Is that right, Colin? We're double-checking we'll, that we'll right now. That <laughs> Colin's in the background doing his little beep-boops, beep-boops. <laughs> Making this all happen. Phil, thank you so much for joining me yeah, today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. We are currently playing a game of 1,500 points of 1,000 Suns versus Gene Slayer Cult. I think we're on the bottom of turn two. Yeah, about to start bottom of turn two, which is when my Gene Slayer Cult can come out of Deep Strike. So... That's when things really get spicy for the Gene Stealer cult. Yeah, and it's actually a pretty cool scenario that we set up where um, it's a custom scenario. Yeah. Uh, we're playing on like an icy lake. Mm -hmm. And um, anytime you go to advance, you get plus one to your movement. Um, but depending on your size of your unit, so let's say you have uh, 10 guys, you roll 10 dice. And if you roll a one, you suffer a mortal wound as you fall through the frozen, frigid lake. Yes. So that's, that's kind of already fun. come into uh, into effect. <laughs> we wouldn't say how, because that's a spoiler. But yeah. it has come into effect, so you'll see it. Yeah. So next week is going to be Lee, uh, Steve. So um, in this video, which is going to be on miniwargaming.com, please make sure to leave a question for Steve. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the queue. Boop! Queue is now open, so make sure to put in your questions. Uh, like I said, it can be about anything. I am an open book Give me your heart's deepest <laughs> desires. <laughs> Colin just gave me a weird look. <laughs> Colin, you can ask me a question too in the chat. It's totally up to you. I need to do something. Uh oh. Colin needs to do something. Did I do something wrong? Uh oh. No, I did something wrong. Ignore the man behind the <coughs> behind the. Uh, ignore the man behind the. Oh, we need to curtain. connect. Yeah, mm -hmm. the queue is actually not open yet, and it will be. Now. The now queue is open. now open. Now you can leave me uh, any question to your deepest, darkest secrets about me. The Darkest Stig says, Woo, Phil! <laughs> How is the grand opening? Uh, the grand opening was actually really good. Um, Phil, yeah. you were there. I was there. I was too. And I, I had a blast. There were a ton of people. Uh, they had 
tons of cake too, which is awesome. Lots of cupcakes, lots of cupcakes. Uh, a lot of people coming through. There were a lot of people coming through that hadn't, didn't even know about what wargaming was. Yeah. That were just blown away by everything here because they were doing tours of all of the <laughs> studios and the the bunker spaces upstairs. And there were a ton of people that were here from uh, a bunch of different YouTubers, like Adam from Tabletop Minions was here. Uh, Aaron from Cool Guy Nations was here. Who else? Uh, Miranda. And Tommy from uh, Wargamer Girl were here. Yep. The Wargaming Cup, 40K couple were here. Yep. Yeah, there's a bunch of people here. Uh, uh, Doug from Table War was here. Um, he's was, still here? He's still here. He's couple, couple doors, doors down. down. <laughs> so, Jinx, you yeah. me soda? <laughs> I'll, do, I'll, I'll get you that later. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> but it, was, uh, it was a ton of fun. Ton of fun. Tons of people and just really a really awesome time. And the Goth Rockers played. Yeah, I forget about that. That was awesome. They were super cool. Rocking out real hard. It was, it was a really good time. Yeah, I was mostly going around uh, filming everything. Uh, there's gonna <coughs> excuse me. There's gonna be a video coming up soon on Saturday, um, so you can see all my filmography, yeah. videography handiwork. Yeah. Um, and then I was uh, pretty much giving tours to everyone. And like you said, people coming off the streets just wondering essentially what we do here. Um, so I was giving um, tours to everyone. Yeah. So the so darkest. He, he, yeah, he had to work. I got to enjoy it. So. Exactly. <laughs> but I did get to enjoy some hamburgers and sausages and oh, yeah, hot dogs. Good. Those yeah. were actually really good. It was really good. So. <coughs> um, why isn't this clean? I'll pick next. Oh. Kroll64. What do you think of last year's Predator film? Uh, as all of you know, I'm a big fan of the Predator franchise. Um, so <coughs> uh, I have to admit... I haven't actually fully watched the last Predator film. However, I did watch kind of like clips and things of that. And I know the basic premise where there is like this apex predator. Mm -hmm. There's this big giant guy who's essentially bullets can't hurt him. He gets stabbed. Nothing hurts him. And I I feel as though they kind of lost the mystique. Of the first one, I felt. Have you watched the first one? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I don't think I've ever watched it. The before. very first one. Yeah. Okay. The one with Arnold. Yeah. Get to the chopper. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like I said, I've just seen clips. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Enough to quote it and know all of the quotes from it, but not enough to. So, uh, so a bit of a spoiler. Uh, yeah. Um, with the first one, I found that it was almost a horror movie where you had mm. these essentially '80s action hero guys who yeah. were the cream of the crop. These, you know, total bad beep. yeah um and you know they were thrown into this environment where they are the perfect soldiers and now they're going up against essentially something that's hunting them yeah and it doesn't matter what they throw at this thing they can't find it um but they can kill it because arnold does say that awesome line if it bleeds we can kill it yeah however <coughs> with the latest uh predator film you know, you actually see the monster, whereas in the previous Predator film, it wasn't until like halfway through the film, or actually yeah. late in the film, you actually finally see the yeah. monster. With the new Predator film, you see the monster, they're shooting at it, and it's just this uh, invulnerable monster. So yeah. I feel like you kind of lose that mystique of the horror franchise of it. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry for the cough. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Alien versus Predator. Yeah. Have you watched that one? I no, I haven't. I'm not a big. So I'm putting this out there. I'm not a big like horror fan. Okay, fair enough. Because sci-fi. Uh, I do like sci-fi. Okay. I do like that, but 
the horror aspect of it usually gets to me because I'm a I'm a little weenie, and I <laughs> <laughs> I never found the enjoyment of being scared. People are like, oh, that's the point. It's like to be scared. I'm like. Why would I do that? Why would I want to be scared? I don't get it. Right. So I don't enjoy the being scared part, so <clears throat> I, I usually end up missing a lot of those things. Even though I know like they're fantastic just sci-fi films, right. like the idea of it being horror and like with aliens where it's like going around the corner, oh like jump scares, forget it. I'm the worst. I'm worse when it comes to jump scares. So Fair you enough. can ask my wife, she just doesn't even try to watch horror films with me anymore because she says it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going on to the next question. We have Orion the 11B. Almost sounds like a planet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm making a new army using the Raptors chapter from four-year-old Raven Guard successors. Right now, looking at units to add. Any suggestions? Oh. Um, I would get some HQs with jump packs just because, I mean... They're called Raptors, and they're the Raven Guard. I think they don't. They have like a lot of the uh, like the fast, the fast movement with jump packs, and or am I mistaken with that? I think so, right? Yeah. Are the guys with the jump packs, yeah. So I mean, HQs with jump packs, you can put most any of the HQs now, especially from the original Marines. So you can get lieutenants, you can get captains, you can get um, any of those guys with jump packs and throw them in there. I think that would be a cool way to start out with at least the HQ section of your army. Uh, from there, and then probably some vanguard veterans and things like that, just to, to get like that, that fast, assaulty kind of uh, force that you want to try to get in there with. I think it'd be cool. I think so. Yeah, Raven Guard—they've always, to me, been like the the space ninjas mm-hmm. of the the forty first millennia. Um, uh, are you opposed to using Primaris Marines in your army? Uh, people love using yeah. aggressors. Yeah. Aggressors, aggressors are super strong. Aggressors are cool, and they would be a nice solid uh, fire base for your army to, to work from. Um, you could also use a lot of the, if, when you, if you get access to the Shadow Spear box with the new Phobos armor, would also work really well with the, uh, with the uh, Raven Guard kind of tactics and the kind of abilities that they have there. So they might be something you might want to look into. Uh, scouts with camo cloaks, you know, going back into the stealthy portion of it. So. They don't, they don't do, do melee, melee and shooting. And shooting? <coughs> oh, they're shooting instead. Shooting instead. Oh, well, then you can use the um, so that you can kind of go along with the uh, aspect of them like moving around really quick. There's those uh, oh, what are they called? The uh, not the eliminators. What are they from the Shadow Spear box set? The guys with the jump packs of the oh, the what the guns. um, I can't remember what they're called. They basically yeah. look like uh, inceptors, except they've got like giant auto cannons, which are pretty cool looking, and it would kind of go along with the idea of. Like fast movement and moving around. Suppressors. 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 Thank you very much. Um, our magician from the side over there gave us the answer there, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, so you can have those. I think those would be probably a good uh, addition to the force, just because. Again, when I think of when I think of uh, Raven Guard, even if their particular chapter is more shooty than a salty, that uh, I still think of them being more. Uh, stealthy and coming from the dark and d- working with um, <coughs> maneuvering and stuff like that. That's what I envision when I think of Raven Guard. So we're going along those lines with this successor. I think it would be kind of cool to have a mobile gun line as opposed to like a more static gun line that you're going to find with you know Ultramarines or maybe with Dark Angels. I think a mobile gun line would be would be really kind of cool. So I think so too. I mean, you can even like um, equip guys with lightning gloss. Yeah, to to try to give as much as. That's always the thing. It's if you like, want you know, close yeah, combat. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like even if your chapter isn't necessarily geared towards close combat, having some of that is always beneficial. So if you have some Vanguard vets with lightning claws to kind of harken back <clears> to the Raven Guard, 
uh, to be able to go up there and just harass units or you know to bad touch some some tanks or something like that. I think that would be probably a solid choice for you to work with, so that your other gun line, the rest of your gun line, can kind of like quickly move around and be able to strike out. Maybe some land speeders. Land speeders are fun. They're fast and and super shooty, so you can see if they work work well with you there. So. Colin tried to grab something and just made the, <laughs> the fun noise. <laughs> so, the Fridge 1337. Loot. Have any of you played Warhammer 40,000 Gladius Relics of War? Is that a video game? I think so. I have it. <clears throat> I have unfortunately. not. Um, I'm not really a big video game player. Yeah. Um, I still play, like, really still. I mean, I, I, I have PlayStation 4, but I'm still playing, like, The Last of Us. Yeah. I, I, like, once a year, I still play that. I think it's one of my favorite games. And I will admit this on camera. I cried the first 15 minutes of playing that game. I've heard. I've heard it does that. Yeah, it's, it's right in the feels. Yeah, right in the feels. Especially when... Uh, I mean, you know what? The game has been out for a while. When, you know, his daughter dies. <gasps> Guys, come on. Spoiler alert! It's been out for a while. <laughs> It's, it's like it's like oh I haven't seen Avengers how can you not have told me that whatever happens like it's been out for a while. Uh, but yeah, I I, I play <coughs> some video games. I actually very much enjoy playing uh, PUBG, uh, playing on an unknown's battlegrounds because <coughs> essentially for like forty five minutes I could oh oh uh, so War Budgies uh, new sub here four month tier one. Woo! Thank you appreciate so that one, much. We always appreciate that. Yes. Son. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, PUBG. So I can I can like <clears throat> skulk around for like forty five minutes, just like uh, just kind of gathering gear and running from the circle and getting into uh, hiding places or driving the vehicles, and then and then gets to get shot in the head, killed instantly, and not win it. But I spent forty five <clears throat> minutes like enjoying myself and having fun with the game. I tried to do Fortnite, and my fast twitch le- reflexes are not good enough for that one. I'll go in there, I'll see someone, line up the shot, take the first shot, and all of a sudden they're in Fort Knox, and I have no idea what's going on, and then they kill me. Or I'm just like walking along, and they start shooting at me, and I start fig- fidgeting, uh, fidgeting around trying to figure out which is the build the wall button, and then I'm dead, and there's nothing to do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to move on from that one. So nice. I do that, and then I do uh, Civilization, like uh, oh, yeah. Civ 5 or Civ 6. <clears throat> Because that's a little bit slower paced, I can do that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I still play Rome Total War. Oh, yeah. I, I the love The Total that War game. series is really good. Uh, we're going to jump really quickly into some of the questions that were asked in the last sit and talk with Lee. I think there's only four questions right there. So we're going to go with the Danish Viking Alex. Alex, he asks at Vito, Mr. Pretender, you will be judged when the God Seekers find the Dark Prince. Uh, buddy. Um, first of all, <laughs> I am Solange, since I am the pretender, so you've already found me. Got him. Uh, got him. Got him. A few questions. I really enjoyed your Solanesh bat reps. Thank you so much. Uh, are you adding more models to your army? Perhaps a second or third keeper? Maybe one made as Shalaxi Hellbane. Uh, which game do you enjoy the most, AOS or 40K? So am I adding more models to my AOS army? Oh boy, am I ever. Uh, so I just recently <coughs> added a whole bunch of stuff to uh, my games workshop cart. Mm-hmm. And I checked out. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a little it's expensive. one of those feelings, yeah, one of those feelings. Um, so yeah, I, I did pick up um, a Shalaxi Hellbane. Uh, so I currently have two Keeper Secrets that I, I just nice. recently painted up. I'm going to be getting um, Shalaxi Hellbane, which is nice. the name. The new, the named one, yeah. Yeah, the name Keeper Secrets. 
Uh, I have uh, intentions of getting a third Keeper of Secrets, but I didn't add that to the cart. I got two more uh, Infernal and Rapturouses, so the, the kind of Heartblade. Yeah, so I'll those have, things look super cool. They're pretty cool, and yeah. they're really good in, <coughs> excuse me, in the game. So I'll have three of those in total, but I added two. Um, I got three of the uh, Celeskis, which is like a named Demon Prince. Okay. So I have one already, but I picked up three of them because my intention is to convert those into regular Demon Princes. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I picked up the Infernal Cordiers. They're a, are the Crypt Cordiers or Courtiers? They're a, a model kit from, um, <clears throat> what are they called? The Flesh Eater Corpse? Okay. Um, they're essentially these kind of crypt ghouls with really okay. big wings. Yeah. So essentially, I got those just for their wings. Oh, okay. I'm going to put the wings on the, the name Demon Princess. Oh, cool. And then I'm going to sculpt um, long hair on him. Oh, cool. And then he's, he's got like this two-handed axe. So essentially, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut off his hands. And then with the um, claws from the, um, not the Seekers, <coughs> but the Fiends. Okay, yeah. I'm going to put those on... Him, so then it's kind of like the twin Malefic Talons. Oh, nice. So it's a big conversion for three Demon Princes. But essentially, I picked up those. Uh, I picked up eight start collecting boxes Oof, okay. of um, Demons of Slanesh. Yeah. What else did I pick up? It was a lot. So that's an understatement when you said you are you are picking up some more models for this. That's like <laughs> the understatement of, of the year right there. It's like, yeah. yeah like one or two thousand. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and... I, Oh geez, I can't remember what else I picked up, but the, the cart ended up being like fourteen hundred bucks. Ooh. That's like um, one of those things where you check just to make sure that you didn't accidentally go to like Australia or something like that, and you're like, no, nope, yeah, nope. it's coming that's real. to that's my real house. Coming here, it's not, that's not in Australian dollars. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and I, I made sure I asked my fiance if if, if it was okay because we are getting married. Yeah, um, we ask. And I made sure I budgeted for yeah. for it, so everything is okay there. And uh, <laughs> the second part of your question. Uh, which game do you enjoy the most, AOS or 40K? At the current moment, I think it's a 60-40 split AOS. Mm. Yeah, that's currently where I'm, where my kind of allegiance is uh, is going. But at the current moment, we're playing 40K, and I'm I'm enjoying that. So I hope so. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, this would have been an awkward moment for it if I was like, so right now we're playing 40K and I'm hating every moment of being stuck in that room with Phil. So right, <laughs> while sure. we're still stuck here, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I kind of like. The, I'm not sure if I enjoy the double term. It's great when I get it. Yeah. When it's like, oh, stab me in the back when it happens to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think AOS is kind of where I'm leaning towards. At the current moment, I own two AOS armies. Okay. Um, I'll, I will own a 40K army once I get my um, Demons Epsilonash army yeah. going. Um, but yeah, eventually I'll own my own, a second 40K army. Yeah. Haven't figured out yet what it's going to be. <laughs> so going on to the next question, we've got Negrom29 asks, at Vito, what are your opinions on how to set up terrain in the new General's Handbook and how it affects faction-specific terrain. Um, so we kind of touched about this a little bit in some of our bat rips. Um, so for the General's Handbook uh, 2019, you only really have like four or five pieces. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like on a... On a battlefield? On a battlefield. Oh, okay. And it's only really like 36, 30 to 36 by 40 to 48. 
Oh, so it's a very okay. small board. Oh, okay. And you're only playing with a thousand points. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then you separate your one thousand point army into three separate armies. So you have essentially your spearhead, mm -hmm. um, your main body, and then your rear guard. Okay. And then your those separate armies can come in at different types, uh, different parts within the battle. Okay. Okay. Um, so with terrain. At Mini Wargaming, we like to have a lot more terrain. Yeah. It, it just kind of has a little bit more cinematic feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, but with those five pieces, a lot of them have like special features, like the realm gates do different things yeah. and things like that. We're not really a big fan of them here at Mini Wargaming Terrain. Or Mini Wargaming Terrain. <laughs> at Mini Wargaming. Um, so how, on your opinions on how to set up terrain, really just make it look good. Uh, if it says five pieces of terrain, put like 12. <laughs> and see how you feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have something that really make it look like you're you're filming a movie or you're playing in uh, a dystopian battlefield. Just have something really cool and cinematic. That's how we like to play here at Mini Wargaming. I'm not saying that I am, you know, uh, a godsend when it comes to setting up terrain, but I really like to feel as though myself and my opponent my guests and the people who are viewing are in a full immersion of when they're uh, they're coming to play or when they're viewing the bat rep. Yeah. So I like to have tons and tons of uh, of terrain. Yeah. What, what's your opinion of terrain? My opinion is you have to have enough terrain to fit what you want the game to feel. You know, regardless of what people say, like in Kill Team, for instance, there's they always have like suggested terrain layouts that you can put on there. I've never once done the suggestive terrain layouts when I play Kill Team. I do as much terrain as me and my opponent want <laughs> to fit what we want the feel of the game to be. And I think it's the same with any rule in the game when you're playing, especially if you're playing not in like a tournament setting, that you just do what it feels right for you and your yeah. game. You know, um, like I've played, uh, Arena is only supposed to be played with 100 points. I've done it with 200 points and Commanders. Like any of those different things, it's like in any situation where the rule book suggests certain things or even has a rule for certain ways, do whatever feels right. So if you're putting down those five pieces and it feels super sparse and it takes you out of the game to the point that you're just like, I'm not as invested in this, I'm not as immersed in this, yeah. then change it. Put in more, put in whatever you want. If you want less terrain, then put in less terrain. It's up to you. Whatever you and your opponent <coughs> need to do, to make the game more enjoyable for you, yeah. do it. Change it and 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 make it happen. Because at the end of the day, it's a game and it's only supposed to be whatever is going to be fun for you and your opponents. If you're trying to throw in extra terrain because it gives you an advantage over your opponent, that's then cool. that's a problem. That's a problem. But if you're putting in more terrain because it feels like it would be more fun and it's actually going to be either beneficial for both, either detrimental for both, or if it's going to be a null factor for both, then at that point, if you're doing it, then it's just for fun and you're doing it because it's what you want to do. And that's that would be my suggestion. And you know what? It's your hobby. Yeah. It's your models. Mm -hmm. Do what you want to do. I'm a big advocate of that. Yeah, it's especially, especially when you're painting your models mm -hmm. and someone gives you flack for not painting a helmet a certain color or painting an army a certain or color. Or having a green raven wing. <laughs> you know what? It's your models. Yeah. Do what you want to do with them. Absolutely. You paid the money. Yeah. Paint them how you want and have fun. It's your hobby. Everybody. Absolutely. So we have the last question over here on the Mini Wargaming site, which is from Big Mikey. Boom. And he says, Vito, assuming the order hasn't changed. It has not. 
Digimon is better than Pokemon. Oh, Ooh. buddy. All right. Why do, you, why do you? Wow. Cullen is like furious. He's about to like Look, flip a table. And I'm even wearing a, a, a Pokemon I know. Shirt seriously, today. Of, all, of all the choices, man. That, that's it. It's out. It's over. Okay. <laughs> why do you have to say something so <clears throat> spicy? Jeez Louise. And before we actually get into this subject matter, we actually have a new sub from B Moser 28. He gave us 28, oh, gave 28 bits. bits. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate no? that. What? Not a sub. Not a sub. Not, Not a sub. sub. We it were... just said new sub. Yeah. Oh, but he, he is, is a sub. <laughs> Cullen, Thank you buddy. for the 28 bits. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Appreciate I appreciate that. that. Uh, so uh, Digimon is better than Pokemon. Fight me, bro. <laughs> where, where do you where, where do you want to go? Cage Here's match, a, ladder yeah. match, uh, four for all, four for all, free for all, a four for all, a four for you all, bring free for three all. Three of your best friends. Vito will bring three of his best friends, and then it's just a, a, an all. An all. Yeah, four. An for all. all. Four for six for four all. Four for all and all for four. <laughs> uh, is Pokemon better than Digimon? I appreciated Digimon. I actually watched it when I was at my grandmother's house back in the day. Um, it was fun. I like the fact that the Digimon could speak English. Yeah. I mean, I imagine they spoke Japanese back in or whatever yeah. language it, where it's coming you know, from. Where it's coming sure. from, but uh, it was. It, it was. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. One were digital monsters. One were pocket, pocket monsters. monsters yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, in all seriousness, I believe uh, your last sit and talk, <coughs> you were talking about maybe getting back into competitive painting. Do it. Worst case, uh, you don't win anything. Best case, you push your painting powers levels over 9,000. It's hey, over 9,000. Hey, you know what? You just made a Dragon Ball Z reference. so That made up for your poor choice in Digimon over Pokemon decisions. So yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we can be friends again. Yeah. Um, can you also talk about general feelings about the office regarding the new apocalypse rules or what has been previewed released at this point? Um, <clears throat> I believe we were talking a little bit about how this may be a test for uh, the new rules for ninth. Um, and the eternal nobody just gave us a hundred bits. Eternal newbie. Eternal newbie. I yeah, can't read. It's all good. Thanks, buddy, bits. for Thank the hundred bits. Much. We definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Steve and I we were talking about how this may be uh, a test for the new ninth edition. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Um, and this could be just apocalypse rules. It's true. It. I, um. So my my opinion has always been that they're not going to have a ninth edition. I know that's kind of there's a lot of people are just like waiting for it to happen because it keeps coming out every couple of years. But I honestly believe that they're not looking to make this into a a ninth edition. That they want. Whatever the edition right now, eighth edition is just Warhammer forty thousand to them, and that's the way it's going to be. That they're going to continue to have it be a living rule set with uh, coming out with the rules coming out and changes made in chapter approved every year, so that it solves their ability. Uh, it solves the, the the ability of players to have something change and evolve, but also <coughs> allows them to sell a book every year to all players as opposed to just the ones who want to pick up a particular codex. And every time you have a new edition, you do have some fallout with players. And I think they want to keep the, the the big build that they got with 8th edition, where they brought in a lot of old players and they're bringing in a lot of new players uh, because of the fact that they kind of like like wiped the slate clean and started a, a pretty fresh with 8th mm. edition. And I think they're looking to keep that momentum going as opposed to like kind of throwing another roadblock in the way of all the new players and players that came back and then throw them for a loop with a whole new edition. I think they're kind of trying to build on things. So that's why I don't think there's going to be a 9th edition. But... The new Apocalypse rules do look super sweet. And I'm interested <coughs> in seeing how they play out 
with smaller games. Like, do I have to play a, like a 5,000 point per side battle for the apocalypse rules to play out well? Or can I play like a 1,500, 2,000 point army and just play with the apocalypse, apocalypse rules, rules the way they Interesting. are? So that, you know, because as much as I know the apocalypse rules are meant to be a faster game, it's not going to be like the three days that a regular apocalypse mm-hmm. game goes. I would still be interested to see if you can then bump down a 1,500 to 2,000 point game down to like the timing of maybe a kill team or something like that. Because that would be kind of interesting <clears throat> to see how that goes. The Squealy Pigs Tier 1 sub for two months. And he's been a three-year Vault member. Thank you very much, Squealy Pigs. Salute to you. Thank you so much, Squealy Pig. Yeah. Oh, the Zergal Lurga Durg. I got to go back to that because I yeah. just closed it. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I, that, that, that's kind of the thing I'm most interested in seeing with the Apocalypse because the rules seem really cool and, it, and, and being able to field a lot more models would be very fun and interesting. You know, you might be able to see Titans on the table a bit more, more often. Those things are just super cool looking models. So anything that will get them on the table more often is, is, in my opinion, a good thing. Uh, so I think with this, it'll allow them to see it more <coughs> often on there and, uh, and, and have them fight more often which is always a good thing in my opinion so but it'll be interesting to see how it plays because the rule sets seem cool and it seems like an interesting fun way to to play a game but i'm just wondering how um how it how it varies (coughs) with the the power level so that if you could play a smaller game how that would uh how that would do so that'll be interesting to see how that goes did he ever zergalurga dirk oh did you ever leave a comment my buddy all right. Ch- chapter one by Zerga Lurgadir. <laughs> All right. Should I do this in my uh, announcer voice? You can go for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. No coughing. I'm going to do it. That's a, that's a promise you're not going to get. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I just did it. <laughs> Good morning, Tara. We're glad to bring, the, bring you to this episode of Good Morning, Tara, live and in color from the Mini Wargaming Bunker. And we are joined by the newest and their entertainment servitors. Vito McVestfish! <laughs> this episode of Good Morning Terror is brought to you by the Astartes Flakes. Have you ever been crouching down on Mangy Pack of Gretchen and feel like you just can't take another step? Don't you wish that you had the stamina of tirelessness of the Space Marine? What you need is to start your day by Space Marine with the Astartes Flakes, made of 100% mechanically separated Tyranid wheat germ. Astartes Flakes gives you that extra pep in your step to smite the Emperor's foes from tusk, tusk, dusk till dawn. <laughs> Remember, folks, with Astartes Flakes, you shall know no fear from hunger. <laughs> the folks at home have a lot of questions, so let's get right to it. Being an accomplished painter, how are you going to integrate the new contrast paints into your repertoire? Okay, I'm going to stop with that announcer voice because that's a little annoying. <laughs> it's getting to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I appreciate the uh, accomplished painter. Uh, thank you so much. Um, how am I going to integrate the new contrast paints into my painting? <coughs> At first I thought I wasn't going to. Um, but I'm really liking how they go over metallics. Mm. So what I'm planning to do, because I want to em- uh, incorporate some excuse me, some Emperor's Children into uh, my Slaanesh armies. Mm. So what I think I'm going to do is, to, just to get them done really quickly, um, I'm going to airbrush on some Vallejo um, silver. The over The chrome. I've heard that was supposed to be really good for that. Because I'm going I'm to pick off, pick off, I'm going to pick up some um, cacophony squads from, um, 
Forge World. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, because I don't really like the uh, Noise Marines, they're, cause they're really old sculpts. Yeah. So I'm going to use the Cacophony Squads from Forge World, because I like those guns. Yeah. And then those are going to be my Noise Marines. I'm going to use Vallejo Air, uh, Vallejo's Chrome. And then I'm going to use, I think it's not Vulpus Pink, it's another type of pink or purple. And then put the contrast over that, because mm -hmm. I've seen some really cool things online with the yeah. metallics. It looks really cool with those <laughs> metallic bases. What you can do with the with the uh, with the contrast paints. They look really really cool. Yeah, and then I have an idea for my third Age of Sigmar army, which is going to be Stormcast Eternals, mm -hmm. <coughs> just because they're they're vanilla. Yeah, and you can do a lot of like you can do shooting, you can go close combat, you can do cavalry. Yeah, um, and I might do like a metallic blue. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be really cool. Yeah, like uh, like a beetle kind of a blue. Yeah, I like that. So that's what I might do for the contrast paints. Gotcha. But besides that, I, I won't use them too, too much. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when I'm painting my historicals. I do have oh, a true. large historical army, mm -hmm. like ancient Romans, the revolt of Spartacus, and it's all like true scale 28 mil. Yeah. I have like over 200 minis of that wow. kind of stuff. So I might use the contrast stuff just to finally get that stuff done, because I've been holding on to it for about three years. Yeah. So I just finally want to get that done. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't need to be like display worthy. I just need yeah. to like get it done, put it on my shelf, and call it and a day. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing that you're going to see <clears> going <throat> forward with contrast paints is not people using only contrast paints on their minis. I think I could see them using it for certain applications. Like I think it would work perfectly for like orc skin and then going in so you can like go over it and get like those, those skin tones that you yeah. can get with it and then go back in and paint in like their armor or their, their pants or whatever else with non-contrast uh, non paints so that you've got the ease with the flesh and you don't have to worry about that and then you just have to go in and paint in everything else with the other things. I think that to me seems like a good way going forward with a lot of people. You know, there's ways of doing an entire army. Like I think Tyranids would be easy to do oh, with yeah. only contrast <clears throat> just because they've got, it seems like fleshy, body stuff is is seems to be working better if you're not using it as just a tint like you were looking at to use it like as a tint over like a yeah. metallic base or even like hordes of skeletons yeah exactly. you have like 200 skeletons to do yeah boom Done. seriously <clears throat> or like you know 60 gretchen it's like boom you got the, the skin is taken care of then yeah. which i think is going to be pretty popular so so with most of 40k codexes out uh where do you think games workshop is going to take 40k from here do you think they should redo some of the older codexes? Um, re redo them, update them. I definitely yeah. think updates are needed. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, where do you take 40K? Mm -hmm. Are you talking about like lore? Lore-wise, I love them. Dare I say kill the emperor? Oof. Like kill him wow. and maybe even introduce the star child. Wow. And we thought that the Digimon over Pokemon was a spicy comment. Right? Right there. <laughs> Super spicy. Well, because what if you introduce the, the Star Child theory? Yeah. Right? He comes back and then you usher in this whole new age. Because, I mean, how, how long are we going to have this stagnant kind of universe? I mean, sure, it kind of just progresses this whole universe where they can, you know, sell miniatures and stuff. But... I, I mean, yeah. yeah, we do. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that we just progressed the story with Gilliman coming back. Yeah. We have the Primaris, but where do we go from there? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say I want to see the Emperor dead. Uh, <laughs> but he can come but back. Yeah, it's he true. Can come back. It's true. I can see that. I can see them progressing more and further and further assaults maybe onto Terra. You know, I could see them doing. Um, 
they've, they've talked about like in the Dark Angels Codex and, and they've hinted at different areas about like a large <laughs> force of the Fallen gathering on the, on the edges of the galaxy yep. that could come forth. I could see them uh, assaulting towards Terra. I could see the, the Tyranid High Fleets like regathering and, and coming towards Terra. I could see oh. maybe some more attack wounds from the Orcs. Like I think finding Terra itself under more and, and further assault would be more and more interesting for them to progress Because like they that. really don't do much with Tyranids. I'd love to see some yeah. kind of Tyranid invasion where, <clears throat> you know, finally, uh, you know, the Imperium of Man and Chaos are like, uh, you know, we've been doing this for the past, you know, 30, 10,000 years, 10, yeah. years, whatever. Uh, you know, the space bugs are coming. Yeah. We Nobody, need to do yeah. something. Yeah. Or else we're all going to die. Yeah, Abaddon doesn't want to get nommed any more than, than <clears throat> you know, yeah. And Gilman wants to get nommed. We're gonna have another so. Primark come back. That'd be cool. That would be have really cool. another Renegade. Yeah. Please. Please be the lion. Um, <clears throat> I think that going forward, I think they're gonna be doing more codexes. You saw it with, with Chaos Space Marines uh, version 2.0. <laughs> I think you're gonna see version 2.0s of a lot of different uh, codexes as they come out, as, as they release more and more models for different things. Like I can see a Space Marine version 2.0 coming out soon with the release of the stuff from. Uh, <coughs> from uh, Shadow Spear <clears throat> and things like that with the new Repulsor that's coming out. I can see them coming out with a brand new, like Space Marines version 2.0 that you can get like the update FAQ for, or updated uh, errata for free, but you can also buy the new book that's gonna have all of the new rules in it. Uh, I think they're gonna, I think that might be for the codexes the way they're gonna be going forward with it. I also see them doing a lot more of the, um, uh, like books like the Vigilist books going forward, because that, that really started to kick off at the end of seventh, and you saw it like with the Curse of the Wolfin or the Monka, like all of these, all of those scenario books really started to go like sell like hotcakes. People loved them and were like eating them up. And I think it was a way for GW to sit back and go, oh, okay, well, as opposed to having to sit there for months and months like rewriting uh, all of the rules and core for the core for the, the codexes, we can just come out with these new scenario books that have <clears throat> new and interesting things that we you know that we can work with, and it's a lot easier for them, and people will buy it and use all of those rules. So I think you're going to see more of them coming out with things like, like I said, like Vigilus or yeah. and, and Vigilus Burns and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to... Yeah, we haven't gotten back. We're going to finish. This is still his one long yeah. question. Yeah, because we're, we're going to rapid fire some of these questions. Yeah, uh, yeah we have... Oh, this a, was from Nurgalurgadurgadurg. Yeah, this is from Zergalurgadurg. Zergalurgadurg. Zergalurgadurg asked a really super long question. Yeah. Oh, we haven't. Well, we haven't. Uh, been, I haven't asked. Yeah, we haven't. I haven't gotten catfish this. yet. Yeah, we haven't been reading the uh, the ones from chat much. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got this, I'm gonna start rapid firing some questions. Yeah, please. Uh, so, lastly, we have a question here. Or still from Zergalurgadurg. Uh, lastly, we have a new feature here today: uh, the Primarch Supremacy Tournament. Each week, we ask the main warrior main staff to choose a winner of a head-to-head matchup uh, until a crown. Uh, until we crown one Primarch as a supreme. Uh, we were using all the pre-heresy Primarchs for this tournament. For this week's matchup, we will like to pit the Lion L. Johnson against Alpharius and Omegon. Uh, who will win and advance? Let's go with Vito's answer. Be careful how you answer this. We have a son of the lion sitting next to you. So Interesting. <laughs> well, this is a two against one question. Uh, I might have to go... Here's a, I don't really like either of these Primarchs. We should ask Lehman Russ's jaw who would win in this fight here. 
Lehman <laughs> Russ's jaw. Yeah, you know the one that uh, <coughs> Lionel Johnson broke. Right. He, uh, took him down. However, Alpharius <laughs> and Omegon are going two against one. The jo- Johnson is a pretty good fighter. Yeah. Um, but there is two against one. I feel like Alpharius may be able to distract uh, the lion while Omegon, you know, kind of sweeps in beneath and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I might have to go with Alpharius and Omegon on this one. <clears throat> That's I'm my out. opinion. I'm out. Can you take this mic off of me? I'm out. That's it. I'm flipping the table. We're done with. <laughs> I mean, it's you know what I mean. It's the uh, it's the sneaky, sneaky sneaks. Yeah. Versus you know the the true uh, the lion. I, I guess that's my that's my pick. Uh, that's all for today's <laughs> good morning, Tara. Uh, we now shoot over to Colin, who asks the age old question: Which elf? Which <clears throat> which which elf is which? <laughs> Colin. Uh, Colin is currently running all the tech behind the curtain. So we're gonna keep this servitor running his engines. His clean. answer is all of them are Alpharius. Yeah. <laughs> so catfish six 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 six. Vito, who gives you the hardest time in the office? And Phil, do you record any games at Mini Wargaming on your channel? Who gives me the hardest time? That's definitely Steve. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of the um, uh, the nuance of our relationship that Steve and I have. Yeah. And which is kind of appropriate since I did record a game with Steve last night uh, between his orcs and my Gene Stealer cult. So you'll be seeing that coming out in a couple weeks. We have a next question from Kim Simbi one Get Matt on a chug-a-mug. <laughs> the day it's on YouTube, I will join the vault deal. Well, actually, we have Matt <clears throat> on the previous chug-a-mug where he drank a whole drunk, where he drank a whole thing of uh, vinegar, and he almost uh, choked. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matt, uh, Matt is on uh, Chugamug, so uh, you definitely need to uh, to join that vault. I know that I know that um, <clears throat> Steve did say he had an idea for the next Chugamug that he was trying to get ready. So, but Ooh. we'll see. I don't know <laughs> when that would be, but yeah. And you know what? I think it is that time for us to do. Boop, 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 oh yeah, the giveaway of the Neil fight. Hybrids. Um, so, Colin, how would we like to work this? Uh, you are going to. Oh, we are going say to. Word. Are we going to say the oh, word? Okay. All right. Everyone's to type in the chat. Type in the chat. <clears throat> okay. I think that's a good one. All right. So, in what do you think? Like ten seconds to get to. Uh, we're gonna give us a second here. I have my word. Yeah. We have the word. Do you want me to write it down so you can put it in and have it ready to go before? There we go. All right. <clears throat> We're just giving Colin a second here to uh, get prepped so you, you guys can uh, win this wonderful box of Neophyte okay. hybrids. Uh, in this box, you will get 10 Neophyte hybrids. These miniatures come not painted, and but you get, do get to assemble them with glue and clippers. <laughs> It's a cool kit. It's a really cool Actually, kit. And if cool. you're thinking about doing uh, Gene Sealer Cult, uh, these guys are really awesome. Both as Neophyte Hybrids and as Brew Brothers. You can run them kind of as both since <clears throat> a Las Cannon and a Las, Las Cannon. A Las Gun and an Auto Gun are pretty much uh, very similar things. So. Yeah. What's up? No caps? And don't duplicate. What's up? Don't and what? don't duplicate. Oh, that's right. 
So you can't duplicate it. If you put it in twice, yes. you're going to be canceled for spamming. Yeah, you'll be a Digimon fan. Yeah. <laughs> AKA dead to us. <laughs> so, Phil, let me ask you something. Yes. Have you ever thought about joining a cult? Um, not often, but I have thought about how cool it would be to be in a cult in the future. Right. Yeah. I hear that you make more money as a leader, but you have more fun as a follower. Of a cult. Of right? a cult. So today's word, if you want to win these neophytes, these neophyte hybrids, is cult. So make sure you put in cult in three, two, one, now. Cult, cult, cult. Cult. C-U-L-T, all lowercase. Don't write it twice, otherwise you're going to get kicked out and sent into the warp. And don't join a cult. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Highly unadvised. Unless you want to join my cult. The cult of Vito? Yeah. You have to wear a vest. (laughs) And... um, you, yeah, that's it. That's literally it. That's all you got to do. Is yeah. Just wear a vest. You, you wear a vest. <laughs> we uh, we make lots of money, but we don't. We don't work now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we disband right away. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going over there? We got enough people going through? <laughs> no? All right. So still building up. Keep still building it. up. Keep getting the... Keep writing it in cool, there. Cool. So, cool. Cool. Um, cool. So how about we keep going ask some of these questions? <laughs> yeah. Plus some of our questions as we go through. So put in cult. And, uh, and, and and we'll let you know when we decide to So we're going to ask a question uh, from Grimjall1. Are either of y'all interested in the upcoming Apocalypse rule set? Also, I've asked the others before, Vito, but I forgot to ask you, uh, You, I think, uh, Colin140521. What's your... As for the Apocalypse rule set, I guess we already <coughs> talked about that. <clears throat> It is kind of, we are kind of interested in it, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what yeah. I think, what, yeah, what it I'm does. I'm interested to see how it plays, too, so... Let me give away, push it away. Oh, no! Oh! Sorry, Grimjaw. Okay. We'll clear it out next time. Tell you, tell you what, again. Grimjaw, I'm going to clear your question. Ask it again, okay? Yeah, and we'll see it pop up on there. Uh, in the meantime, so, are, you, are you ready to do the winner? Are we ready to do the winner? All right, we are ready to do Okay, we are ready to announce a winner. All right, and we're, we're rolling, rolling the winner now. now. Rawasi? Oh, man. We're, we're going to get a spelling for you. R-I-W-O-S-I. R-I-W-O-S-I. You are the winner. Congratulations. You get the neophyte. I keep looking at this. You get the neophyte hybrids. This is all yours. So you have to whisper at Mini Wargaming, right? To with your information so that they can get your information and make sure that they send it out to you. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. I've watched plenty of streams to know what you guys say. <laughs> Anyone, yeah, exactly. Anywhere in the world. Yeah, exactly. We pay for your shipping and this is yours. Congratulations. Yeah. Riawasi. All so, yours. Congratulations. I don't know if there's a shine on here, but yeah. boom, that, that is yours. I'm not even going to hold it anymore. So I don't have to keep it. Because it's not your, it's your not Yeah, it's anymore. not even mine. It's now yours. <clears throat> and oh. we have one, a Mac Daddy 303 Tier 1 for six months. Thank you, Look Mac Daddy. It, it's almost there to a baby. Yeah. Almost almost a baby style as Mac Daddy. Look at that. So. And then we have from Jawadal. Do you realize you won the White Scars game because you called upon the lady? The lady of the lake won me the White Scars game. My first White Scars win. Nice. Yeah. I'm, she, t- I'm, I'm tired of being crushed. Did she heave you a sword from the lake that you slew your foes with? It was more gas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, more, more, more gas for my bikes. <laughs> I like that. 
And then we have a new Twitch Prime for five months from Merc Raw. Colin, what does that even say? What's Twitch Prime plug? Twitch oh, Prime five for months for five months for five Merc right? M U K R A R. So excellent. Twitch Prime Plus. 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 I thought that was plus. a plus. No, it is plug. I was right the first time. Plus. plus. Twitch Prime plug. Plug. What? I have no idea what's going on. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Colin is helping us here. So if you have um, if you have an Amazon uh, an Amazon uh, Prime account, you get a free subscription that you can take to any one channel on Twitch. So it doesn't cost you anything more than you're already paying for that's pretty awesome. Amazon Prime, and you get there, and it helps uh, support channels like Mini Wargaming continue to do what they do. Uh, <coughs> so give that a shot if you have uh, Amazon Prime and you've never used it before. Give it a tr- uh, call. It's called uh, a Twitch Prime for one month from Arlie underscore B. Thank you very much, Arlie awesome. underscore Thank B. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. It that does help support the channel. So all of that really mm-hmm. does help. So if you do have a uh, an Amazon Prime account and you don't have and you haven't signed up for it, if you just sign into uh, Twitch through that account, you get a free sub to one channel of your choice. So it may as well be Mini Wargaming. Why Tell wouldn't it be? Yeah, don't subscribe, don't subscribe to Digimon. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja's already got enough, so send it to Mini Wargaming. Right, yeah. <laughs> and same thing with PewDiePie. Yeah. Did he even do I don't know if he does Twitch. Yeah, yeah. never mind. Oh, we've got another the Twitch Kelt Prime. 76 Twitch Prime Thank for you very much. two months. Look at this guy go. No. Oh, it's, was it's it one, one month? One month. One month. One month. I thought it was <laughs> Colin did a one. And a... He did a fancy one. Colin, can you write a little he neater, a circular... please? No, he said, <laughs> he said no. no. So no, no luck on the better handwriting, but the Celt 76, thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. Yes. Moving on to the questions. The underscore Provida... Pro... Pravita campaign? Pravita underscore campaign. I imagine yeah. campaign. Yeah. Uh, what is the one local place I need to eat at when I visit the bunker next week? <laughs> there's actually a couple. Uh, there's a place called Trappers, uh, which is the kind of the new local watering hole, mm-hmm. which we all go to. There's a lot of pub food. Yeah. A gigantic big portions. Tasty. Really cheap. Uh, the old place that we used to go to was Cheers. Really good chicken wings, also pub food. Uh, there's the place... Was it, it Rose Star Garden, Colin? The Chinese food place? Star Rose, Star Rose Garden. Excellent mm-hmm. Chinese food. Gigantic portions. Yeah. There's, um, a, there's a Thai place downtown called Thailandia. That's really tasty. Very, very good food there. So uh, there's a good place, too, uh, if you want a nice pizza called the Rex Hotel mm-hmm. and Angelina's. I highly recommend that place as well. Yeah. And there's yeah, also the Vegan Hippie Chick. It's, an actual, uh, it's a place that's called the Vegan Hippie Chick. So. Yeah, if you uh, want some really decent vegan food as well. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the host, Dylan Bauer. Bauer, B-O-W-Y-E-R 101. Thank you very much for hosting as well. Spreading the word of Mini Wargaming. And I guess also spreading the word of Glacial Geeks since I'm on here too. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> AC The Rock Devil asks... Vito, why have you not had someone make a Vito the Vito poem featuring Danny DeVito? Wow. Why haven't you? <laughs> right? It's like your whole existence now got called into question. For well, so having. first I have to find someone who has to make the poem. Yeah. And then I have to find someone who's going to make the poem... Who's Read ma- by Danny DeVito. So then they have to make Danny DeVito do that? I would think so. That would be cool. I, I, mean, I gotta get Danny DeVito to do that. He seems like the kind of guy that would, so. 
go with it. I, I mean, we'll try. He's really short. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that would interrupt his ability to read a poem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what if the unless, paper's unless, all the way up there? Say, unless you've got your microphone really <laughs> high up, you know. Just lower it down, man. <laughs> uh, Danny DeVito's a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> kid. Squealy pigs. Vito, where in Italy are your family from? <clears throat> um, so my mom is from Pistizzi. Uh, she's Pistaches, which is uh, southern Italy. And my dad is um, from Calabria, which is southern Italy. Uh, I believe the region is Catanzaro. And the town, let's see if I can remember, it's Calabria, Catanzaro, and the actual town, uh, Cencerchi. Cencerchi is the town, if I remember correctly. So that's where my uh, my dad is from. Can't believe I remember that. That was good. <laughs> well, my dad always says, uh, oh, do you know where electricity was invented? It was in Cencerchi. Oh, do you know where paintballs were invented? It was in Cencerchi. Oh, do you know where water was invented? <laughs> Chenchik, yeah. Apparently a town of like 100 people, <laughs> everything was invented there. Do you know where air was invented? Chenchik, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so next we have Lash83. Are you going to play Ostrom Militarum soon? Kind of miss see some Lehman Russes in action. <clears throat> so I actually had a fun uh, list that I have actually on Battlescribe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of based on the movie Predator. Nice. And it's also then based on uh, the role play that we did, Wrath and Glory, uh, featuring my character Dutch, mm-hmm. uh, who was Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. essentially a Katachan yeah. with a plasma gun. So yeah. we've got a bunch of tank commanders where Dutch is uh, in a, um, a Lehman Russ tank with the, the plasma cannon. Of course, he had to be the <laughs> And then, yeah, we've got. Um, Dylan's in there as well. We've got Blaine, who's got like the big minigun. Yeah. So he's in a, I think it's the a Punisher. Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, eventually I do want to play Astro Militarum. It's all Katachan, nice, obviously. obviously. Um, I, haven't, I haven't played Astro Militarum yet. And generally, I don't really play armies until I feel comfortable playing them. Just because I don't want to make too many rules mistakes yeah. um, on camera. I know I do make rules mistakes. It's inevitable. Um, but I don't want to field an army until I feel 100% comfortable because I want to. I want to make sure that you guys have a good time. I want to make sure I have a good time, and I want to make sure that my guest is having a good time as yeah. well. And actually, there's actually a Lehman Russ in our battle report that is currently ongoing right now next door. So it is. You can see that. <coughs> so the darkest stig asks another question, saying, "I'm going to Warhammer World. Should I buy an a cast this a cast this night Porphyron or a Warhound Titan?" <laughs> um, oh, the Pyphyron, that's a really cool it's model. It's like cool it's like looking. a mini knight with a big kind of... Yeah, well, it's like, it's slight, it's a it's mini titan. titan. It's like somewhere yeah. between like a knight and a titan. Yeah. It does look super cool. Or a warhound. Yeah. I say go for the Pyphyron. Is that what I'm saying? Pyphyron? Yeah, I think you'll probably be able... To, I guess it also depends upon what kind of games you're playing or looking to do with it. Because I imagine the, the knight, they cast this knight, Pyphyron, would be able to be played in more games. I think I could see it being yeah. played in, in regular 40k more often. Although with mm-hmm. Apocalypse coming out, you're, you'll probably be able to get mm-hmm. in the Warhound Titan a bit more often with a, a more uh, streamlined uh, version of the game that allows for bigger point <laughs> levels like that. So, I mean, at that point, you'll probably be able to get them both. Warhound Titans, Warhound Titans, uh, War, Warhound Titans always look cool too, like with the, 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 the wolf face and everything they like do. that. They do. 
But the Porphyron, I, you probably get more mileage out of it. I that, that's my it's, opinion. I yeah. think, I, my personal opinion, I think it looks cooler than the Warhound. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion. It's uh, also kind of cool to have something called a Titan. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true yeah. as well. Volt Running. Volt Running? Volt Running. Volt Running asks, yeah. what is your method for painting a Scottish tartan? Oh, buddy. Um, so, uh, I guess you're asking this because of our Heroes of Heronburg. Oh, Colin, did I do it again? Heroes of... Did I, did I say it wrong? Heroes of Heron? Heronburg. Heronburg. Heroes of Heronburg. Oh. Because the first time I said it was Heroes of Harrienburg. Harrienburg. And I, I messed that up. Yeah, so where I play um, Mrs. Doubtwater, I painted up her uh, tartan or her kilt. Um, and then I kind of um, helped out Cullen as well. Cullen kind of pre-painted um, uh, a kilt or tartan for his character. And then I painted in all the lines uh, for the, the pattern. Um, in terms of a method, so you start off with your base color. So let's say you're going with um, a red. Um, you're going to want to start off with your lightest color first. So let's say you're going to go, so let's say you go with a... Um, a light red, right? So for your base, let's say if I'm Mephiston red, you then get um, your next kind of your your medium tone. So let's say you mix a little bit of Mephiston red with a little bit of a black. So mm -hmm. maybe <clears throat> uh, three Mephiston red to one black. Mm -hmm. Mix that up, and then you start doing your kind of hash lines going down. Yeah. Um, you then mix. Whatever color is next in the pattern, I would honestly just research whatever tartan you want and then kind of go based on the colors. So let's say now you have all your striations going down, uh, you find your next color. So let's say it's um, a darker red going this way. You then mix um, two red with one black and then you go this way. Um, and then I think there's like a darker black somewhere else in the tartan. Um, so you just go straight black and then you follow the lines down within the pattern. And depending on the tartan, sometimes you'll have like a bright red, a bright orange, a blue in there. So you just follow your pattern and then you just go kind of straight lines. Now sometimes in a tartan or a kilt, depending on how the cloth falls, it's not always just straight. So you might have a straight line and then it kind of folds, right? Yeah. So you're gonna have to be very mindful of where you kind of your Oof. fold kind of falls or where that line goes. It, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it, it I'm is. Stick to I my mean, green dark angels, I think. <laughs> it's it's it, it sounds complicated, but um, the very first time I did it, it was just it's really just guesswork. Um, and half the time when I'm painting something, um, I'm just guessing. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a a pro painter. Whenever I'm painting, I'm guessing, and then it's all just luck. Um, I just happen to be really good at getting lucky. Hey, better so, lucky than good. Right? Yep. So. <laughs> Excuse me. Next question from Najalf. Apocalypse seems to be, uh, seems to use universal rules. I joined in eighth, so I'm wondering, what do you all think about it? So... I appreciated when they changed from uh, when they changed from general rule like universal rules like in seventh edition to eighth edition having the rules on the data sheet because there's so many times in seventh edition that you would have to when you're trying to figure out what your unit did you would look up the unit in 
the codex, then you would see the universal rule and then have to look up the rule in the main rule book to figure out what it does. This time, you just look it up in the in the codex and you see it right there. Mm. Um, I think the benefit that Apocalypse has is that you have, they have the cards, right? Like yeah. the data sheets are kind of all out in cards there that you see in front of you. So they're kind of going to go back to the universal rules. Um, There's some changes. Yeah, they do have some changes <clears throat> in them. And I think that universal rules... I don't know. They're easier to remember them if you're going to be playing the game enough. Like I played Seventh Edition a lot when I was, you know, because I was making battle reports and things like that and playing in tournaments. You play it a lot, and eventually you start to remember those universal rules. They just come. You don't have to look them up. You just know what they do. Um, repetition, 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 repetition. But I mean, the same thing happens with the individual uh, codex entries. It's just that when you forget what they what happens, you have to look them up in two books for universal rules versus just the one book for more specific rules to, to, right. to on the data slates. So in Apocalypse, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, uh, how many they have, and how uh, impactful those those universal rules will be. Like maybe you can just have like the universal rules out printed or something like that on the side that you can just reference on each of the data slates as you go along. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Was, you know, I, I haven't been able to play any of the, those games yet, yet, hopefully soon. Um, but you know, see what happens. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Next question from Captain Spasmo. Excuse me. Have you heard of underwater ice hockey? Canada sounds like the ideal place to play. So I've lived in Canada all my life. What the heck is underwater ice hockey? (laughs) I, I think I've seen a video of it online. And it's basically like you have to hold your breath and like go to the bottom of the pool where there's like a weighted puck and you have to hit it with like hand hockey sticks like along the bottom of the pool into like goals that they have weighted on the bottom of the pool. That's So, um, so yeah, so I think that would be kind of interesting. So, uh, so get your questions in because we're probably going to be closing the queue <coughs> for uh, questions in here because it's uh, it's 3 o'clock already. Yeah, so we're going to go until about, so we're going to go until about 3.30, so half an hour more. Um, so yeah, get your questions in ASAP. So we'll go, get your questions in the next five minutes. Yeah, so, so at 3.07, we're going to be 3.07 Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. We'll probably be closing the queue for that. So, so let's, let's try to get some rapid fire yeah, questions sounds here. good. Uh, why is that get going next? Oops. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah. Maybe just click on it. Maybe click on There we go. Oh, <clears throat> did we clear other ones? No, down one with two. Dan, one, two, 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 two. Do you feel the Eldar are too strong and need to be changed to make them less powerful? Um, I think Eldar, like the Eldari, didn't they just recently get a change mm-hmm. to them? I know Dark Eldar are very powerful. Um, I don't think that they're too strong. I think they're strong. Don't get me wrong. I think that uh, that the Eldar, all of the Eldar races from, you know, from Harlequins, to the craft worlds, to the Dark Eldar, to Yanari are are strong. Um, I don't think they're too strong. They uh, they still I've beaten them plenty of times with my Dark Angels and also with my Gene Stealer Colt. And if I can do that, anyone can. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you don't have to agree so so quickly to the fact that <laughs> if I can beat them, anyone can. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think that they're too strong. I think that they have some very strong abilities. <clears throat> I think they've got some very strong units. Uh, that can be played, and I think that sometimes they can be um, like people very much emphasize those, like having a, a bunch of Alatoc <clears throat> flyers on the table because it 
kind of emphasizes a lot of their strengths that they do. Um, but honestly, I don't think that they're too strong. I think they are, you can play against them. And I think that they have some weaknesses that you just need to learn how to, uh, how to kind of counteract when you're playing them. That would be my thoughts on, on Eldar. So yeah. that's more experience than I have playing against Eldar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so War Buggies asks, what is your biggest learning curve when you started filming fat reps? Um, <clears throat> I think my biggest one was being confident in myself and just kind of knowing the rules and being behind um, the camera. Uh, I feel as though I, I, I knew the, the, the gist of the rules, but I didn't feel like when I was actually behind the camera, I feel like they just kind of escaped my brain uh, right away. And then everything just kind of fell apart. But now that I'm getting a little bit more confident, um, I'm able to, you know, remember more things. And actually, I think it's coming out more um, in the more content that mm -hmm. I make. So. Yeah, and for me, one of the biggest things was uh, <clears throat> remembering what it is that I was doing. So, you know, there's a lot of times when you're playing in a, when you're just playing a game with people and it's a close game and it's a tight game and it's a very tactical game and it's coming down to the <clears throat> wire and you get quiet, you know, and you start to become very introspective and you're thinking because you're thinking very hard about what's happening here and you don't want to make any mistakes, you want to make the right thing. And it took a bit for me to realize that people watching a battle report don't want you to be quiet. They want to see the same kind of reactions that you have on a free-flowing game. They want to have the kind of, uh, you know, the they want to enjoy it. It's a piece of entertainment that we're creating <clears throat> when we make these. And it's it's understanding that that's the emphasis that you have to make on it. That you it's you have to be entertaining first and then try to win second. Yep. Then you're making the battle reports. And that was one of the things that, that, that I had to to realize before my videos really became better to watch because, like I said, I checked my first, I watched one of my first battle reports a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, and it was real rough. It was real rough, so. So the next question comes in from Kroll46. Vito, you just said you liked AVP. What is your opinion on the AVP Requiem? And Phil, what is it like staying in the bunker? Um, AVP Requiem, oh, what a dumpster fire. <laughs> Uh, I didn't like, I mean, I thought the pre premise was pretty cool. Like having a hybrid of both Predator and Alien fused together and then you have like this kind of uh, melting pot of the both. But I feel like it just kind of <laughs> fell apart. Yeah. Uh, the bunker is awesome. The beds are super comfortable. They've got Casper mattresses. And the first night I uh, slept like a log. I was out when the lights went out and I slept like a log. It's super comfortable. <laughs> The rooms are all themed really cool, uh, and it's the it's awesome being able to just like wake up in the morning, take your shower, and then just like stumble downstairs, and you're right there, right back into into everything. So highly recommend it if uh, if if it's available to you when you're coming up to visit to to check it out because it was it's ton of fun, super comfortable, and a and a really good time. So so just to let everyone know, we just closed the queue. Um, so we've got our questions set in now, and we're just going to be rapid firing right through them. The Big Bad Pete 91 asks, in any game of Age of Sigmar, how many Keeper of Secrets have you lost in the game as my record is killing three of them in one <laughs> game? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I've lost uh, three, like I started with one, and then I've been able to summon 
like up to three, oh, no. and then I've lost them. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that's how many I've lost was about three Keeper of Secrets. I just love running Keeper of Secrets and summoning them back in. Yeah. They're just so big and beefy, and yeah. then just bringing them back. It's just that, like, you can summon, like, so for 25 uh, depravity points, you can summon 30 demonettes. Okay. But for 30, you can bring a Keeper of Secrets. Nice. So it's like one of those, uh, yeah, like the 30. Five more points, and it's like, but 30 could be, like, 30 demonettes could probably be a little bit more beneficial. Yeah. Or summoning, like, more things, but then having that keeper's like, oh, <laughs> look, how, look how good this thing is. Super cool, yeah. Yeah. So the next question is from Crown Falcom 16 Vito and Phil, how do you paint armies fast, quick, and easy? Do you have a quick way? Uh, so for me, I've <coughs> noticed, and uh, when, I, when I paint up my models, when I paint up my armies, a lot of my consideration is how it's going to look like on the tabletop because I'm I don't do contests and stuff like that. I'm just I know my painting level is is I would say it's it's tabletop plus. So it's 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 nice. It looks good on the table. People appreciate it, and it and it does bring something to the game. But I'm not looking to win like a gold brush or a crystal brush or like a golden demon. Uh, so when I paint my armies, what I have learned to do is to um, narrow down what it is that I think that certain models need. For instance, a lot of my Dark Angels infantry, uh, when I first started painting, I, was, I spent a lot of time trying to do edge highlighting on a lot of my mm. models. And I came to the realization that with just a base coat, like with just the base colors and a wash, that underneath standard lighting on a battle on a table that you're playing with, it looks decent, it looks good. That I didn't need to spend all that time on those edge highlightings. Uh, and because I was not enjoying doing the edge highlighting, and when I would look at the models after I painted it, I didn't get like a, an extra sense of pride mm. in those edge highlights. So I realized, why am I doing this? If it's not looking better, if it's not making me feel better, if I'm not enjoying it more, I realized that like taking out that level of, of, of highlight really added something. So right. it, for me, it <clears> saved <throat> myself the ability to still enjoy painting, still enjoy my armies. And I, you know, and for different armies, it varies. Like my Death Watch, if you just try to do plain black, it looks, it doesn't look great. It, it kind of like fades in, doesn't do anything. So I started to learn different ways of um, of doing highlights. Like uh, for my my black that I use for my my Death Watch, for instance, is I get it black, I get them all black, and then I do a heavy dry brush of like a of a like a light gray, like a standard Mechanicus gray, um, and then I do a light brush of like a Fenrisian gray. Uh, so it gets that blue tone, and then I just wash it with melon, like a, with like mm. a like a dark tone or a melon uh, oil, and then I also uh, and then I'll block in other colors and then wash it again. And two layers of those those deep washes, like a dark tone or a melon oil, uh, bring it back down to almost black, but gives it the definition that I want to see in a, in a model that I'm playing with. So finding what level of uh, work that you need to do to make yourself happy with your models is what my recommendation for quick, fast, and easy would be. Uh, for me, I'm a big stickler. I always like to go um, the extra step just because yeah. I'm very anal. I like <laughs> all my um, uh, managers to look a certain way. Um, so if you want quick and easy, and if you can afford it, I would highly recommend an airbrush. Mm. Uh, airbrushes are um, the essential thing if you want to get things done really, really quickly. Um, especially if you're getting into the commission game. Uh, or if you just want to get things, like if you have 
20 to 30 models done and you need to get them done really, really fast. Even if you want to just get base coats done, mm -hmm. the airbrush is key and I highly recommend everyone to invest the time, like I said, just for base coats. Even if you're not going to push yourself to that level, which I highly recommend that you should to up up your game. Um, once The airbrush is not the end all to be all, but I highly recommend that you get it just for base coats. It's going to make a world of difference. Going on to the next question from Orion of the 11B. Have you considered playing the 30K, or any 30K with your white scars or other armies? Um, yeah, I'm, so the white scar army here at Mini Warrior Me that I use, that's not my own personal army. I just love the white scars so much. Um, but I do have intentions of playing or getting white scars for 30k. Mm -hmm. um, I used to have Thousand Suns. I used to have about 12,000 points until I actually sold the army. I used to have about 6,000 points of Raven Guard, but I sold that as well. Actually, Mini Wargaming owned the army. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I do want to get um, uh, white scars, especially with the new stuff that's coming out. Jagatai is coming com coming out eventually. Um, but the army that like my th my three thousand points that I want to run yeah. is like two grand, yeah. and that's just like eighteen <laughs> jet bikes, a uh, fire raptor, yeah. and like three other models. Yeah. So that's gonna have to wait eventually. Yeah. And I'm I haven't played much. Uh, <coughs> I haven't played any thirty k, and a big reason is that um, I mean a lot of my purchases have to be things that can go on my channel, and uh, unfortunately the Space Marines that I chose to do have a different color in, in 40K than they do in 30K. So it's hard for me to like play with the models in both uh, for me, so. So we have a question here from Griff2K9. I'm a little late to the chat, but question for Phil. Do you have any plans to start uh, an AOS army or start AOS battle reports on your channel? So I would love to, but unfortunately I just don't kind of have the, the time or uh, resources to do it. Um, I mean, I love the models that they've come out with, with the steampunk dwarves or the wet elves or the snack ladies. Like all those models look super, super cool. And every time they come out with new ones, I'm like, oh, I want those so bad. They look so awesome. And everyone raves about the AOS uh, rule set, especially now with 2.0. Uh, they, they rave about it and they say it's a, it's a ton of fun and it does seem really interesting. But the problem is, is that I could probably invest and buy like a 2,000 point army, but that would be the army that I would then have and that works for one battle report. <laughs> you know, and the, and the AOS scene down back down in Savannah, Georgia isn't as big as the 40k scene, so it would be even harder for me mm. to get consistent um, uh, opponents to come onto the channel to film with. Uh, that would have varied armies to to play with because a lot of times on there they have like their one AOS army that their one list that they play because if you're just playing with your friends it doesn't matter if you vary your list you can play with the same list over and over again and it's fun but a lot of times for battle reports unfortunately people want to see want to see variety you know so it's not just the same battle report over and over again rehashed on the channel it, they 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 can change it up so it would require a fair amount of uh, investment of both time and resources that I just unfortunately don't have right now for AOS. And unfortunately, everything I do hobby-wise is geared towards the channel because of all the work that kind of goes into something like that. So it kind of keeps me from even on a personal level being able to do a game like AOS. That's understandable. Yeah. So the Kelt76 asks, Hi, I heard there are some new Death Guard models. Do you know anything about these? Thanks. 
Um, I'm not too sure about anything about Death Guard models. Yeah, I don't know about new ones coming out, but they, I mean, they've been consistently coming out with new ones since the beginning of 8th edition. Yeah. That have just been, I mean, all of the new stuff that they've been coming out with them. It's pretty Super good. cool looking. Yeah. Super cool looking, like all the different characters that they have. Um, I just filmed a battle report with uh, Luca earlier this week uh, with my Dark Angels versus his uh, Death Guard, and there were a couple of the newer uh, kind of models in there for that one. That So you have to check that one out. It looks... It was a good. It was a good one, but um, yeah, I'm yeah, not I sure mean, about any any new stuff. Yeah, I haven't heard about any of the newer any new ones that are supposed to be coming out, but they look cool. So I'm sure they're going to keep looking cool. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah, GW's, GW's been doing a really good job. A really good job. So for Kaiser Kaiser Ka- Kaiser. Kaiser Clerk, with the new Sisters Codex coming out and how they add the admin units, do you think they will do uh, something similar with the Custodes and Sisters of Silence? Hmm. I could see them coming out with something for the Sisters of Silence in White Dwarf, similar to what they've been doing, like with the Assassins or with the Eldari. I could see them. I think that's something that they're doing in the future, as opposed to coming out with like very tiny codexes, like they did in Seventh Edition with like two units. I think they're going to be coming out with um, to things in the White Dwarf to help you use them. So I could see them doing something like that with the Sisters of Silence. I could see them doing something like that to have them uh, maybe having some kind of. Uh, matrix to use them to work with uh, with the custodes, um, like like you're talking about how you can get some of the uh, administratum units into the Sisters of Silence stuff. But um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of uh, uh, I could see them doing something. I don't know what they'll do. Um, I would personally, I would love to see another one of the uh, agents of the Imperial agents, like they had the, the Codex, which gave you a lot of the rules for the smaller things, kind of in one place. Right. I really like that, and I think it'd be interesting if they came out <clears> with a Codex like that. Uh, that had rules for working together so that you could take them all in the same kind of detachment for that kind of, uh, of usage. So, because last time, I think when they first came out with the 7th edition, it was hard to use everything in, the, in that, in that agents of Imperial, Imperial Agents Codex together. I think it would be interesting if you had a way to use all of these smaller factions together, as they do in the fluff, you know, where they have like a, an Inquisitor asking for like a Death Watch kill team to work right. with them. And then getting an assassin to do something like that. I think it'd be interesting to see uh, if they could pull that together, and and it would be fun. I don't yeah. know if they'll do it. Maybe something in the White Dwarf. I think would I'd love to see some it. Sisters of Silence too. Yeah. Like especially, I remember reading in A Thousand Suns, uh, the Sisters of Silence were there, mm-hmm. and there's this one character in the, the um, of the Thousand Suns Legion, because uh, the Sisters of Silence they don't talk. Yeah. Um, but he punished her so much with, I believe it was Psychic Might or Bolter. He, he, he hurt her so much that he uh, she eventually yelled out. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, huh, they do talk. Oh, jeez. So I thought, wow. I, I'd love to yeah. see actually some, some Sisters of Silence. Yeah. So Grimjaw1 asks, what is your favorite cookies? Oof. All right. So <coughs> my favorite cookie... And this is this is probably spicy on the level of Digimon over Pokemon, and spicy on the level of let's see the Emperor die. Okay. My favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin cookies. Those are good. I know they're real good, but they also get a lot. See, <laughs> I can see Colin over there just being like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, favorite cookie. So I oatmeal raisin cookies are my favorite cookie. Interesting. And they're really tasty. It's the only way that Colin will <laughs> eat raisins. So, <laughs> so I guess they got that at least. They're giving him uh, getting the raisins into Cullen. But uh, I I love I love oatmeal raisin cookies, and those are my favorite. I know they're like 
They, uh, my wife hates oatmeal raisin cookies because she says they always trick her. She's like, you think you're getting like a chocolate chip cookie and all of a sudden it's raisins and it's like <laughs> flip the table time for her. So, <laughs> so for me, um, and I don't know how many people are going to know what these are, um, but my favorite, uh, especially growing up, are S cookies. Yes, the S cookies. I remember those. Those are real good. Yeah, oh, I love me some S cookies. Those were always in the house, um, especially at my grandma's <laughs> my grandmother's place. And I always thought that was just an Italian thing. Yeah. But oh man, I think if the company's like Milano who yeah. makes that. Oh, Italian Ital- or the Italian S cookies. Yes. Like because there's like there's the vanilla ones. Yeah. Uh, with the icing on it, there's the lemon ones. S cookies. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what S cookies are, just type in S cookies in Google. Ah, oh, pure joy. Yeah, real good. So Kim's Kim S B. Oh, jeez. Kim Sabimzi one. Kim's yeah, that one. We'll go with that. <laughs> Kim Sabimzi one. I'm horrible with names. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Vito, any news about your custom dice? Question mark. Happy face. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> So the design has finally been made. We're going to have a vest. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't go with the color that I wanted. Yeah. But my second choice color is there. And because I play a lot of Slanesh, I'm going to be the primary Slanesh player on the channel. Uh, we are going to go with a dark purple dye oh, cool. with white pips. So nice. the, the dye symbol or the vest symbol will be purple. Uh, I think we're putting in the order very soon because we're going to be everyone's going to be getting new dice, nice. not new dice, but a reorder yeah. of dice. So those should hopefully be coming very soon, and I'm very excited because I'm just tired of using, you know, hand-me-downs. Yeah, and I appreciate because you're using uh, Josh's, Josh's beard yeah. dice, so they've been feeling the beard power they coming have. from me. So they I'll have. take that. <laughs> Dylan Bauer 101 asks, "What is your guys' opinion on contrast?" Now that it's been out for a few weeks or two, we kind of covered that a little yeah. bit. Um, I think they're great, especially for new people who are coming into the hobby. Um, but for more advanced painters, mm-hmm. um, uh, I consider myself an advanced painter. Um, I don't think I'll be using them as much, but I did say that for getting models done really quickly, I will be using them and using them more on metallics. Because yeah. uh, they have a really cool hue to them when you put them on metallics you use you lose a little bit of the luster when you put them on metallics but i definitely think these are meant for getting armies done fast mm-hmm. and for getting um, newer people into the hobby or for people who just don't like painting yeah. you know you put on your primers of the, the new whites that have come out or even the the corax white and you can get an army done really quickly yeah. so kudos to gw for making um painting more accessible to, to everybody. Yeah, and I think fleshes are going to be really good for that. So. <laughs> the fleshes are Especially great. for something like orcs or anything like that where you have a horde of models that all have these flesh tones that you try to have, like try to build up. The contrast, I think, is going to be perfect for that. Yeah. Squealy Pigs asks, Cool. My family originate from Lagorn back during Lord Nelson times. That's really cool to know. Yeah. It's really cool to like know people's history and about where they, they come from. Yeah. I always wanted to do like that kind of genealogy to see like where in Italy uh, my family's come from, yeah. how far back they go. So that'd be really neat to kind of yeah. do. Zuper65 asks, I aspire to have beard like either of you two. How long have you been growing your beards respectfully? 
Much love for the woo, woo crew. crew. <laughs> Gosh, how long have you been growing your beard for? Yeah, I've been for, oh man. Now it's, this one has been in in development for uh, six years now, a little little over six years. No, about almost exactly six years. Uh, I started pa- I started painting it, started growing it uh, when I first uh, when I first moved to uh, Alaska because I kind of on and off had had a beard of varying lengths. And when I was down in Mississippi, I was a staff photographer down there, and I it got really super hot summers, and I was working, and I kept it kind of trimmed and because pe- every time it would get too long, people would comment that they'd be like, "Oh, you got a beard like the Duck Dynasty guys." And I was like, "No, nothing like that, just like myself." So. <laughs> Uh, so I, I trimmed it when I went up to go work uh, at the University of Alaska Anchorage up there, not knowing that when I got up to Alaska that literally every guy up there has beards. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so I got up there, and that's when I really started like really growing it out and getting it being a bit more bushy. And I've trimmed, <laughs> yeah, I trim it for shape every once in a while, but right. uh, this has been full, full beard now like this for about six years. Uh, as for me, I kind of like to keep more of a goatee kind of yeah. look. Uh, I started shaving at around grade six, grade seven, mm-hmm. um, and I've kind of had a goatee ever since. I mean, I've tried variations, yeah. you know, kind of cutting this in between and kind of had a more like a green arrow kind yeah. of a look or a, uh, what's the other archer? Steals from the rich. Gives uh, the Robin Hood. Robin Hood had more of a Robin Hood kind of look. Um, I've had kind of full beards in the past. Uh, but it kind of gets me kind of like really itchy. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, fan film ones as Wolverine. So kind of like had the really long mutton chops. Nice. Um, but yeah, I've always stuck to the uh, to the goatee. So that's kind of my thing. And I've had one, like I said, for a very, very yeah. long time. Because he actually has to keep it like that because he's the evil version of a different Vito in a different timeline. So, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if he didn't wear that, the other Vito wouldn't know uh, which was the... And he, he, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, that's the baby Vito. Yeah. That's the superhero <laughs> exactly, version. Exactly, exactly. I'm yeah. the jerk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually think I just deleted a comment, uh, Cullen. If we can go back and find one, uh, mm-hmm. just before 150320. I may have deleted a comment, but actually I apologize if I've deleted your comment. Uh, the last one is Ja Adele. At 15.03.20. Oh, J.A. Waldell. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's at 15.03.20, and there would be one right before it. Uh, before it? Yeah. yeah. Um, is it both Titanicus? Maybe, because we don't see it here, obviously. Or- oh, never mind. I got it right over here. Uh, Uncle underscore Servo. Can someone record a snippet of Phil's woo, woo to insert into Vito's bat reps when anyone rolls a six? That would be actually kind so of So if funny. you want to get ready, you can clip it. I'll get ready for this. Are you guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Woo! There you go. There you go. Clean, now you have a clean, it. clean, clippable woo for you guys. <laughs> and then the last and final question from J.A. Waddell. Did I say it right, Colin? Got it right that time. Hey! <laughs> uh, how do you make wolves? The animals work in a space wolves army. Well, I'm glad I read the last part of that question. Well, when a male wolf and a female wolf get together. That's no. how you make wolves. Um, how do you make them work in a space wolves army? Um, I don't really play space wolves. Space wolves... Fluff-wise, they're not really kind of my thing. Mm. Do you have any familiarity with space uh, Yes, I've played them a fair amount of times. Uh, the best way to make them work is to make them uh, wolfen. <laughs> mm. the, the second best way to make them work is to put a space marine on their back and have them as Thunderwolf cavalry. 
And then the third way is the cyber wolves, which I mean they're super cool. They're they're tough for they they're they're just annoying to try to clear out. Like they're 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 tough and they're cheap and it's it, they they kind of just like roam around and they're fast. <coughs> so they can they can work for jumping on objectives, I would imagine, or screening out certain characters. I think they would be good for because you can run like a like a <coughs> fairly si good sized blob of of mm. the cyber wolves up. But Thunderwolf cavalry are super strong, um, and Wolfen are just they, those things are just like 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 what ab human blenders <laughs> right yeah and those go up there and just like mulch through anything that they that they manage to get that charge off onto so yeah. that's what that would be my suggestion on how to make the wolves work in a space wolf army yeah or you can watch national geographic it's true and find and, out how wolves are made and how find out how <laughs> wolves are made um but that's going to be it for our time folks with me Vito the vest and phil the glacial geek um, like I said before, if you want to leave questions for Steve, which is going to be on the next video uh, or the next sit and talk, you can leave questions on the Mini Wargaming um, website. Yep. That's going to be on this video. Yeah, for the video or this <laughs> uh, sit and talk, yeah, check that out. Yep. Um, and we also, I think Heroes of Herrenberg is going to be next week. And uh, are we doing it at 1230, Colin? Uh, we go live at 12. Yeah, so we go live at 12 Eastern time, and then we for that's for the pre-show, and then 12:30 for the actual show Eastern time. So make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday because we're coming back. You can see Mrs. Doubtwater coming back, shooting her pew pew pew, <laughs> and everyone else in the show as well. And so, and another thanks <clears throat> to Wibbin for Twitch Prime for two months. Thank you very much for helping support the channel. Right? Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. And as always, folks, we want to thank you for joining in, tuning in, listening to myself ramble about me and other topics. Yeah. And also, thank you, Phil. For yeah, coming I'm on always the show. happy to ramble. <laughs> Rambling is great. That's pretty much the thing I'm best at. <laughs> so I'm glad it's not dice. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we've actually been rolling, doing really good. I was really going to say, rolling dice is definitely not what I'm best at. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, folks, keep it moist. Oh. Peace on the streets <laughs> and happy wargaming. Woo!